Hello everyone and welcome to What's New in Cloud FinOps, the first news episode of the year 2023 with myself Stephen Old and my good friend Franck Contrepoix. And yes, you got the, the 2023 right. I still oh. need to stop. <laughs> how how slow did I say it? Just just for that purpose. I'm actually in my typing. It's fine. I, I think it's it's a whole it's a different part of your brain, really, isn't it? I think you're uh, going to your hands than to your to your mouth. I still think that I have monkeys. You know, the monkeys and lots of typewriters, and I just press randomly my brain, and sometimes there is something good coming out, but <laughs> it's random. <laughs> Right. So, uh, often quite a quiet month, um, January, after everything that's announced in, in December. So, hopefully a quick episode. And for those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, because we're recording this a little bit late due to um, due to uh, holidays and stuff, uh, we've had a fantastic episode with our friend Tom Cross around, like, FinOps in action, like the realities. It was a very different episode to any we've done, so I do suggest you go and listen to that. And so, Frank, let me make the magic noise. Here we go. So the first section is data and databases, and we're going to talk about uh, Amazon Open Search. Serverless is now generally available. So as usual, we talk about the fact that the move from let's um, say standard when you need to find the right sizing and the right type of server to serverless is positive for uh, your wallet. So it's because you don't have to pass the time, first of all, and then it's all done for you. So you will always have the right size. Now, exactly this one is for open search. So that's good. Now, how effectively, what is the type of sizing is not saying. It doesn't tell you uh, exactly how, what is the unit of growth or reduction. But that's always a good news. The more serverless you use, uh, the less you have to worry and the more you save on time and money. Indeed. Um, right. Visibility. And this covers things like uh, cost categories, tags, and uh, we've got a billing conductor in there. I don't know why. Maybe the first time we did it, we just wrote billing conductor. Um, but the first one I've got on this, I, honestly, listeners, I've got the easiest news today. They are all so easy. Anything that's slightly difficult um, has landed on Frank. And you may have guessed it, but I basically was the one who wrote the names next to things today. Uh, so I'm announcing SKU pricing rules for AWS Billing Conductor. Um, I, hopefully this is relatively self-explanatory to, to listeners. SKUs, you know, individual line items. And Billing Conductor gives you the ability to change um basically change your care or, you know, that kind of thing, change your, your billing data uh, on the fly. Very good for partners who are maybe wanting to obfuscate uh, their, their margins and stuff like that, or where you've got like a cloud center of excellence or whatever, like a centralized IT function. We looked at a, like a big European um, organization, uh, not to give away who it was, who had a very much a centralized IT function and price things out. This would give you an ability to change the price on individual line items. So say you had a special pricing on this, but you only wanted to pass some of that back, or maybe these people get more of it, these people get less of it. You can now do that to the SKU level, um, which is very interesting. Um, they have changed the, the bill and conduct pricing because... Um, yeah, I was about, about to say, yo, yeah. because you need to add to anyone using Billing Connect, you need to add something to each SKU because it's going to cost so much more. 
next is mine and is Azure. And as if you know me, you know, I'm totally <laughs> not really in my comfort zone there, but generally available indirect enterprise agreement on Azure cost management and billing. So what it seems to be is that when you had an enterprise agreement, you needed to, you needed to go to separate portals to get different type of information and billing information. What they're telling now is that reducing the amount of portals that you need to access to, it's all on the Azure portal, and you will see your indirect enterprise agreement roles, create and manage billing hierarchy, create subscriptions, viewing your monthly usage and charges, and manage access keys. So I always love when Microsoft reduced the amount of portals, because I remember at one point I had four portals and I really had no clue which one to look for what. I think we're down to two now that we use regularly. Well, that that's a good thing. So However, this is gonna. Yeah, we currently don't. We currently don't do indirect um, uh, EAs, but we're about to start. So I think we're about to there add one or two more on. There we go. But anyway, so this is uh, we encourage you to begin using Azure Portal for your billing account administration because those features will no longer be available in the EA Portal. So that's the one disappearing starting twentieth of February. So that's done already, by the way, because it's slightly <laughs> <Yeah>. late. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, yeah, Azure is further complicated by the amount of different ways you can buy, right? So while we sometimes think, oh, there's EAs and there's CSPs and there's pay-as-you-go, there's indirect EAs, there's direct um, EAs, then you've got direct and indirect CSPs as well, which I didn't even know existed until uh, I was visiting the last organization when we were going indirect. So there are just so many different ways and, you know, there's still that complexity of moving between them. But I, I don't think there's any complexity of going uh, direct and indirect EA, staying within those. And I think even the, uh, you know, direct, indirect CSP is fine. I think actually they pretty much removed the challenges between going EA and CSP now there or thereabouts. I think the problem is still pay as you go. It's my understanding. Yeah, I might be as wrong. you go to CSP, it's still yeah, a, to anything. a technical migration. And you're there, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, but but also, I don't know if we talked about this last time about whether that it's happened in February, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and we shouldn't be talking about it yet because it's obviously in the future. Um, the fact that they've reduced the amount of price books they're running. Ah, I didn't know. Yeah, they, they were running 28 price books uh, for different currencies and stuff. And now they're basically following what others are doing. Um, and that'll probably be something we're talking about um, when we record the next episode, like a few days, because we're almost <laughs> in February. Sorry, almost in March. Um, right. Next, for me, I've got two, if my memory serves, that are, are loosely linked that I've put together. One is that the AWS pricing calculator now supports optimized pricing for estimation for EC2 dedicated hosts. Um Dedicated hosts are ideal for uh, basically when you bring your own license, uh, working with an organization, doing that right now, working out whether it's worth doing. Um, the flip side is you've got to fill it. And that's that's where we were actually. Is, is actually, is there, an, is there enough benefit for the potential wastage and utilization that you're having to pay for anyway because you're paying for the host? Um, but you now have, have a uh, optimized pricing estimation on, on getting the best, best form. The other one is just, again, linked to pricing calculator. For those of you who are old school, like myself and Frank, who loved the simple monthly calculator, which may have been ugly as anything, um, you know, as me first thing in the morning after a big night out, it still worked and you knew everything was right. I could I could fill in one of those calculators in seconds, no matter how complicated it was, because we we're just so used to it. And then they created this beautiful thing called the AWS pricing calculator, which I 
I almost still kind of just refuse. I, I can use it now, but I, I would just refuse it so often. I'd look at it and go, "Where do I go now? Like, why can't I just do this drop down?" Um, but now you you can import your uh, your simply monthly calculator estimates into AWS pricing calculator. So arguably, you could do the bits that are easy to do in that one, and then move it across because there's a lot of stuff that obviously isn't in the simple monthly pricing calculator. I, I ask officially for a feature. It is that you do the opposite too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, mine is next. So it is about permissions. AWS announce, announces changes in AWS billing, cost management, and account console permissions. Uh, if you've ever tried to limit access to cost management on AWS, it was really an all or nothing thing. So either someone could have access to all cost management or you removed absolutely everything so it seems that now and i will try it because it's it might be interesting uh, for me but it seems that now you can set much more granular permissions of saying you can see budget but you cannot see this or you can see savings plans but you cannot see ROIs. i don't know i'm, I'm throwing things here mm-hmm. don't don't take me but it seems to be much much more granular uh that's a good good thing how much is that gonna how granular it is, I'll let you know. We shall see. A really easy one now. Uh, if this takes me longer than 30 seconds, we'll be disgusted. AWS Compute Optimizer is now available in AWS GovCloud US region. And uh, that's if, done. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what Compute Optimizer is, um, you either have never used AWS or potentially have never worked in IT, but now it's in GovCloud and it gives you views of yeah, you know, right sizing as well as actually a lambda uh, right sizing stuff as well, which is, hmm. which is quite cool. Yeah, I was playing with the APIs with the other day. Oh some. yeah, I've got to make the noise. Sorry, <laughs> listen, sorry, listeners, we've uh, we've had a bit of time off. <laughs> and I'm about savings. So, and savings, it's about EC2. Hibernate now supports Amazon EC2 C6i, C6id, M6i, M6id, and I3en instances. Uh, this is your <coughs> the interesting bit is that when you are hibernating things, you don't re- you, you just put it to sleep. You are not turning off your instance, but you're not paying for its usage. Yet, as soon as the, the instance comes back from hibernation, it will be able to resume the operation from exactly the point it was. So it's like almost freezing the memory also of, of the computer. So that is quite cool. It's it's another way to save uh, money. And it's also, for example, if you decide not to spend more than a certain amount per hour, you reach that point, you can put lots of things in, in hibernation, wait until the next hour start, bring it back up, all those kind of things. So, so there are interesting options there. Uh, Hibernate will allow you to save money uh, by not and not losing data. Perfect. Um, I've got another Amazon one, uh, which is the EC2 auto scaling now forecasts more, uh, frequently for more accurate predictive scaling. Basically, it's more frequently. It was doing it every 24 hours. It's now doing it every six hours, which should mean that your... Um, your predictions are more accurate and therefore you're uh, more effectively meeting demand, which should hopefully see a cost saving. Uh, obviously, with anything with scaling, it can go the opposite way. You might end up being on for longer and these kind of things, but arguably more data, greater granularity should create savings. 
What I find slightly ironic is when you read the document, it tells you that it is perfect when you know what's going to happen. And you yeah. say, yeah, when, when I know what's going to happen, I don't need forecast. Exactly. <laughs> Just- exactly. But yeah, so if you if you if you know what's going to happen and it's not regular enough, so you can use uh, scheduling, for example. Yes, that can turn out useful. But it is quite funny that very often it tells you forecast is good when you don't need forecast. And I, I'm passionate about forecast, so yes, I find it very interesting. I need another sound here. I've, I've, there so we I go. It, I hadn't pressed it properly. There we go. <laughs> I think you need a big red button, you know, on the side. We need to buy a big red button. When you press that one, it does make the sound. Um, so now we have Amazon S3 Storage Lens introduces tier pricing for cost-effective monitoring at scale. Um, and so it is so it is Storage Lens, which gives you access to statistics and continuously monitoring your S3. And... The idea is that they are reducing the prices for uh, the amount of stuff of storage lands running continuously. So, and it's for the first 25 billion objects are built at. So, the way it says, it's the first 25 billion objects are built at $0.2. And I was like, if you buy, if I take $0.2 and I multiply by 25 billion, that's expensive. If you'd have said cents, that would have, I would have gone, okay. No, it's, it's 20 cents. Yeah. But they talk about 25 billion of it. So what I think they're saying is the first 25 billion is zero two. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, because otherwise it's just... <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so... Oh, the, yeah, you are... yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so anyway, it's... Uh, yeah, otherwise you're finding five billion, uh, which is not interesting. So Amazon S3 storage lens now, it's tiering pricing for cost-effective monitoring at scale. So if you are very much on storage, consuming lots of storage, you want to keep track of it. It was extremely hard until storage lens, and now they're reducing the price, hopefully, because people are using it in effect. So enjoy. Fantastic. Um, oh, Instances. Uh, again, I've got the easy one. Uh, SageMaker announces a preview. Um, SageMaker announces preview of ML.P4DE instances for model deployment. Um, as you can imagine, it's a new instance type designed to be very efficient on on SageMaker for running models. It's It goes up to being pretty... Um, pretty large again, uh, 80 gig of memory per GPU, so 640 gig total, and eight terabytes of local SSD storage. Um, yeah, they're pretty, pretty big stuff. machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, next to mine. So it's announcing porting advisor for Graviton. So this is this is a, a, a command line tool that you run on your code. And it's going to run through your code. It supports C, C++, Fortran, Go, uh, Java, Python. It runs on x86 and ARM64 machines. And it will tell you which um, library you need to upgrade or what needs to be done, or if if all your code is portable to Graviton. Uh, the interesting bit, it doesn't send anything back to AWS. So it is really, it's freely available on a GitHub repository. You can download it, you can use it, and it will help you understand if you can bring your code or what you need to do to make your code 
um, Graviton compliant. Th this is probably really useful for the old stuff uh, yeah. when you had old programs and you are thinking about moving to Graviton. <clears throat> I have to say, since since the AMD, I'm less <laughs> pushing for Graviton, but mm. that's it. I think uh, there yeah, is mine again. So I, I, I found it quite interesting. There were three new things. So normally we do not talk about a new instance tab available in region A, region B, region C. In this case, uh, uh, there, are, there were three news, which were quite interesting, is that there is one which talks about the C5. And they've just released the R7, I think. So two generations back are still being deployed in Osaka. And then there is another news, which is the R6 are being deployed in additional regions. And the, what I found quite interesting is that the old region, old, old generations are still actively deployed in new places. So it's not just that they, they start rolling everything out. We still have the fifth generation being deployed, the sixth generation being deployed, and the seventh generation being deployed all at the same time. And it, it makes, in my head, it makes it extremely confusing because uh, then I, I really get lost in what am I supposed to, why is a C5N important in Osaka? Why not just 6.6 six immediately or C7? Anyway, so yeah, just for you to know, it continues to be more complex. We have more instance type, 200 and counting. And uh, oh yeah, and an important news, we found the web page and we'll need to put it into the, the transcript or uh, yeah. <laughs> the web page that explains all the letters behind the, the instance uh, of AWS, you know, the D, E, N, X, Y, whatever. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, yeah, sound. Sustainability. So we decided to add sustainability. There are lots of initiatives around. It's green ops, as some people are thinking. We're talking about steel that we will effectively start talking about it. We are heavily investing in it. I was in Dublin for a conference on sustainability recently. We, we talked with lots of interesting companies in that area. And I can say that there is absolutely nothing yet on the sustainability in the news that I was, uh, we were looking for. Yeah, we're going to probably so have to cast the net wider to a different set of um, you know, yes. publications to find it, I think. So, yes. So now they are, for now, it's lots of talk and we don't see product. Uh, so, yeah, we, hopefully this is going to grow over time and uh, there will be more news about sustainability and how it is working well. Yeah. If yeah, you've not, we'll keep if you you've posted. Not, yeah, as I say, if you've not listened, go back to the episode Oh, with Mark Butcher on sustainability, yes. because I like I, I point people to it all the time because yes. he taught us so well. <laughs> on oh, that well I, I think we missed. I was telling him I've seen Mark yesterday, and it was I said I sh we should have recorded when we prepared the, the session. That was just so passionate and emotional. <laughs> just yeah, we need to record these guys. Yeah. Uh, um, done. Right. Miscellaneous. This is sometimes FinOps related, sometimes just things we found interesting. The first one is um, FinOps related uh, or FinOps adjacent, certainly. Um, announcing the new private offers page in the AWS Marketplace console. Private offers are where you get, um, you know, bespoke or customized deals from a vendor through Marketplace, and they've changed the page. There we go. <laughs> Easy as. Uh, 
Uh, she was next. I, I, yeah, no, I thought. Sorry, I thought you were. That's all, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so mine also is very simple. It's very, uh, and I'm nostalgic on this one. So it is Amazon S3 file gateway now supports DOS attributes. So DOS really is the very very old operating system, and that <laughs> really you can find in every USB key you're using the file system of DOS, which was when I had a computer. I was 16 years old. That's yeah, yeah, long time ago. So I had a three eight six. I remember it yeah. couldn't run Theme Hospital. <laughs> I had a three eight six DX with eight eight meg of RAM, and that was massive. Yeah. I was super big. Anyway, so now we, it's, yeah, it, it shows that sometimes IT, especially storage, has not changed for lots of things. So for NSF and SMB, uh, which are two protocols for sharing information, Unix and Windows, uh, you can now use DOS attributes for files. And that's it. Wonderful. And uh, I think this is the very last piece. Um, yes. And hey, how easy is this? And, and listeners, I hope you have been noticing just how easy mine have been. Now open, AWS Asia Pacific, Melbourne region in Australia. I haven't got anything else to say about it. There's just a new region. Isn't it super? Uh, and that's that's me done. Uh, we had quite a tight time frame for us to record this today because me and Frank spent so long deciding what should go in the news because there was loads of stuff that was not really Finopsy, uh, but we decided to keep it short and brief. Um, so thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoy the short episode. And Frank, thank you for your enthusiasm and your help as always. And uh, Thank you for yours and your insights and your selection of news, throwing me all the tough ones. <laughs> I thought it was super. I'll let you do next time. Um, but we've got some interesting interview episodes coming up. We're going to be having a specialist about GCP, a specialist about Azure coming on um, to tell us everything we don't know, as well as some um, some interesting topics and hopefully some more kind of like green ops in action stuff and, and things like that. So thank you very much for listening, and we will speak to you again soon. Bye.